Hello, Marvelites! You are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 459. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Jim And I'm Lorraine Sink. She's a lady! <laughs> is Who was saying that in your intro there? Uh, Tom Jones. Oh, Tom Jones. Welcome, Tom Jones, to the show. We're very delighted to have you here. Your voice is... It's dro- me, Tom Jones. <laughs> wow, you sound exactly like I imagined you would uh, in, in all my dreams. Yeah, as I get older, this is what I sound like, Lorraine Sink. <laughs> if you are just joining us on the show, we are going to be talking about stuff that's happening this week in Marvel, whether it's games, comics, movies, TV, whatever. I do want to say that the uh, second week of Marvel's Avengers beta happened this past weekend and uh, Lorraine I don't know if you noticed any requests from listeners and fans I got a ton on PlayStation which was really cool so shout out to everybody who friended me on PlayStation Uh, I played with a couple people Lorraine I got to play the beta with Tim Dillon who's on the the marketing team and with Jen Grunwald who's in our collections department now I'm I'm sad because I didn't get to play any beta this weekend um I played last weekend a lot, and this weekend I just had some business to do, so I didn't really get to to do much, but I didn't even look at my friend request. Please be my friend. I'm Ms. Marvel 616 on PlayStation. I need friends. Ryan's Ryan's my only friend. <laughs> I who did I tell? I put I I gave your name to to some of the other folks on the the Marvel team to see oh, if yay. anybody else wanted to play. So so that's cool. I'll be playing again this coming weekend. Um, I think we still have one or two more weekends to go of the beta, and then the game launches in just no time at all. Yeah yeah, September fourth. So soon, right yeah. before Labor Day weekend, so you can play all the way through Monday. Um, also, we finally got our Peloton bike in the house, and so. That is super great. So if anybody is on Peloton, I'm also the real Agent M on Peloton. Let's ride together. Ride or die crew or hashtag This Week in Marvel crew. Um, I'm on Fitbit. Please do not friend me. <laughs> I don't want anyone to know what I do while I exercise. I am embarrassed for myself. But please do follow Ryan. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. There's a lot of like just the gamification of fitness is something I'm really into. Different strokes for different folks. That's right. Lorraine, speaking Hmm. of different strokes, if you go in the water, sometimes you may see a shark. We're not talking about Shark Week. We're talking about... Star Dark Week! Week! Yeah, there's a ton of cool <laughs> Iron Man-themed content on Marvel.com and Marvel social channels this week, all themed like your best friend and mine, Tony Stark. So I was thinking in the spirit of Stark Week, what is your favorite Iron Man story currently on Marvel Unlimited? Just top of your head. Um, I would say Invincible Iron Man by Matt Fraction and Salvador LaRocca. Um, that's, it's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a, it's a really meaty run. It's from 2008 to like 2012, something like 60 plus issues. It's really good. And it introduced so much cool stuff. You know, of course, Rescue and really bringing in a new like stain villain and really elevating and modernizing Iron Man for um, a lot of readers. Yeah, no, that's a a really phenomenal run. I was kind of looking through that the other day, actually. Also, I went back and was reading through Armor Wars, which I have not read, I feel like, in, I don't know, approximately a million years. And it's really delightful. Yeah, 
It's it's an Iron Man uh, 225 through 231 if you want to go read it on Marvel Unlimited. But it's such a classic. There's, I don't know, it's like robot fights. If you like robot fights, you'll <laughs> like Armor Wars. That is all you really need to know. It's an older comic. It is not quite in our modern day. But that's what makes it really fun and delightful, I think. Lorraine, do you remember that show that was on Comedy Central, like the Robot Fight Club show, where they had robots that would fight each other? You would build a robot and it would just like, they would compete against each other? Battlebots? Battlebots, that's it! Uh, <laughs> get this, get ready to feel real bad. It is 20 years old. No! As of last week. Ryan! Why? <laughs> oh man i'm very young and vital <laughs> i love armor wars 2 uh what was it bob layton david McElhinney, yeah. and md bright and it was it was cool it was really a lot of fun also influential to sort of the mcu and pop culture vision mm-hmm. of iron man and then that story has an epilogue in 232 by David McElhinney and Barry Windsor Smith that, yeah. you know, Barry Windsor Smith is one of my favorite all-time artists. And he just comes in, like, you just picture him rolling up his sleeve and go, all right, everybody, out the way. I'm going to show you what's up. Also, I always think of Barry Windsor Smith in relation to his artwork for Weapon X. Mm-hmm. So just, like, give that boy some gears to draw, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, so you could read all that stuff on Marvel Unlimited. Also... On Marvel Unlimited, I made sure to check that it was there. 1987, we did the first computer-generated graphic novel, and it is called Iron Man Crash. And if you've never read it, I highly suggest you give it a little look-see on Marvel Unlimited. It is bananas to look at right now. The cover is crazy, too, because it's Iron Man, and he's got these like little antenna coming off his head, and he's holding this giant gun for some reason. This is, uh, it's an epic graphic novel from 1987, and it, it's its not at all what you expect it to look like, and I freaking love it. It's great. I am copying and pasting this because I need to see it. Well, yeah. When you get into the actual- Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is yeah. great. Yeah. Actually, like, I, I kind of am living for the fact that it's, um, as you said, computer generated, but it's- I don't know, smooth and creamy. I don't think that's the wrong way to say it, but I Whoa. think that's the right way to say it. It's Ooh. like a the middle of an Oreo. <laughs> it is, I don't know. It, it, go look at the cover of Iron Man Crash 1987 on Marvel Unlimited and tell me I'm wrong. I mean, you can't. You can't. can't. It is smooth and creamy. You know, the, the art kind of, um, you know, the more I think about it, reminds me of current modern day artists that I love, Daniel Cunha and his style. And you can see some sort of connections between the two. It's called Iron Man Crash. It is on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, if you read it, let us know. I'm curious to see what people think who've never experienced it before and, and get, just get a sense. Um, completely unrelated to Stark Week. What is your favorite shark-themed character? Um, Orca. Uh, Orca, who's a Namor villain. Who's an Orca, though? Isn't that a shark? Orcas are not sharks? Orcas are orcas. Aren't they ma- mammals? A, a type of shark? I don't know. I, I think an I'm orca a, is a I'm killer a whale. Oh, is that not a shark, then? No. Look, I'm not a science man. <laughs> Who, uh, there's Tiger Shark, but who else? My pick would be Shark Girl. 
Oh, Iara yeah. Dos Santos, mm. uh, who is an X-Men. And I just love that she's got a big shark head. Yes. She's like a were shark. Yes. And she will eat you if she you rules. make her angry. And I relate to that. Yeah. You know what, Lorraine? I'm sticking with Orca. I don't care about your designations about what quote unquote is and isn't a shark. It's an oceanic dolphin. It's a killer whale. But you know what? I, I will say he's shark adjacent. There you go. Shark adjacent. He hangs out with Tiger Shark in uh, Namor's Defenders of the Deep. It's a good crew to be in. What a bunch of weirdos. I know. I love them so much. Uh, that That's a, a great little pop quiz question. Uh, what's your favorite shark themed character? I wish we had more. We need to tell somebody. Make there, more. There are a strange amount of them if you really seek them out, but they are all sort of weird deep cuts. <laughs> <laughs> apparently having a shark face doesn't give you a lot of traction with the humans <laughs> it's too bad all right let's talk about something new coming out because we just announced that there's a new solo series for u.s agent coming in november this is awesome uh we showed the cover art for this which just looks freaking dope you see u.s agent he's hanging out he's a if you don't know u.s agent he's a big old jerk the cover there is by Marco Caquetto, which I freaking love. Uh, so it's a five-part series written by your boy, Christopher Priest. So good. I can't wait uh, to see this. An art by Stefano Landini. I love this cover because he's got like mad swagger. He's got the U.S. agent outfit on, but he's essentially in a where like a weapons warehouse, it looks like, and he's beating the crap out of everyone, and he's just like hanging out, drinking an energy drink. That's how he rolls. He is just an energy drink boy. All he does is pound, pound, pound his energy drinks and punch bad guys. I can't wait for it. <laughs> There's a big spoiler, uh, so you've been warned. In Empire Number 4, if you have not read that book yet, go read it. Skip over about 30 seconds and then come back. Um, but it was revealed in Empire Number 4 that Hulkling and Wiccan got married um i hope we see more in empire number five it was kind of a big splash splashy page at the end of empire number four what a delight yeah uh it's great don't worry we will get more from this i know that there's a like a special issue coming that's going to detail more of that but maybe i think i've read ahead and there's little bits and pieces that connect all this together it's great and look they are one of the strongest couples in the marvel universe like i know emotionally so it's it's a bad damn time i was thinking that this has prompted me i've been thinking about doing this for a while but i think i'm going to start doing it in earnest trying to collect all of the marvel wedding issues Ooh! just because i really enjoy them they're always like we're getting married but first we gotta fight like 20 guys and i just <laughs> love it so gotta do it so there is, of course, the one that I remember most is X-Men number 30, um, which is the wedding of Jean Grey and Scott Summers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as a kid. And Wolverine, he was like all pouty. Also, he had just had his adamantium ripped out. So he was all like, my body's falling apart. I'm a sad boy. If you read that, then there is also a What If wedding album for that issue, which is What If number 60, which has like three stories of like different versions of the wedding story, which is really cool. Something to check out as well. I'm going to do that. I don't think I've ever read that. I was going to say, I'll bring it to the office and you can read it, but then uh. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. 
But hey, the next one's not a one one one. The next one's a yeah. Yeah, it's a big celebration and uh, congratulations to the cast and crew to Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for its series finale this past Wednesday. Uh, and look, I know I, I posted about the last episode we did because we had some amazing guests, Elizabeth Henstridge and Mark Kolpak. Uh, and people were like, I don't want the series to end. I'm not ready for this. And I don't think anybody's ever ready for it to end, but at least they're doing it on their terms. And you get a lot of really great content from the cast and crew. Yeah, I, I love that so many people who worked on the show, including the cast, but also including a lot of the people behind the scenes, have been posting just tons of stuff uh, from the many seasons on set, uh, just having hijinks backstage, which I think is really cool and fun to kind of finally get to see some of that stuff because they have to keep it shrouded in secret to protect the plot before it comes out. But now that everything's out in the open, they can kind of have some fun with that. And, you know, this was the first television show to kick off during my time at Marvel uh, with Marvel Television. And now it's finally coming to a close and it's just feels very nostalgic and like such a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I remember one of the many times visiting one of the sets for the show and I think it was early on and I got to sit on the set version of the Phil Coulson director's like office, mm -hmm. which was a lot of fun and like play with the stuff on his desk and mess some stuff up. And I'm sad I didn't steal anything because I'm a good boy. I should have stolen something. But you know what I was thinking about? A couple mm. of years ago, you and I went to set and we were hanging out in the Quinjet hangar. And we took a bunch of kind of like sneaky pictures that we probably weren't supposed to take. But um, <laughs> they were like, you can have those pictures, so just like don't post them. But now, who's to stop us, Ryan? Who's yeah. to stop us? I have to go dig them out <laughs> and, I know. and post them. I, man, so many great memories. I remember the New York Comic Con where we announced the show fully. Yeah. And uh, doing an interview, like doing a little video with Clark right before he goes on stage. And like the hype and the excitement around it, man, man, good times. Really, really good times. Oh, and I want to mention too, there's going to be a bunch of other cool videos coming out on marvel.com, kind of looking back at some of the best moments from the series, uh, looking back, I think there's going to be a table read of one of the episodes uh, that is going to be on marvel.com. So look out for just a, a bunch of really cool stuff on marvel.com, looking back at the series, especially if you're feeling the fondness the tug at your heart, the love for Fitzsimmons, go go find it. It's all going to be there for you. Totally. Um, all right. That's a lot of stuff that's happening this week in Marvel, but it's time for our interview. And this week we have Marcus Parks, who is uh, one of the writers and hosts for Last Podcast on the Left, which is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. It's a true crime show. It's, uh, it's a mix of true crime and and like weird and cryptozoology and aliens and conspiracy theories and they do really fun deep dives into all these different subjects and marcus is um the one who pretty much wrote their new book that just came out and he's uh, the one who puts together a lot of their uh shows for the most part and um he's a lot of fun he's a huge marvel fan um so a lot of similarities in terms of like taste with him and i in terms of like, comics and movies and um music and stuff like that so it was a lot of fun to do this chat with him uh I had a great time 
Marcus, welcome to This Week in Marvel. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Ryan. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I've been listening to Last Podcast on the Left for 200 or so episodes, oh, give or take. Oh, wow. And I, when I Thanks, started... Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I started and I went back, picked up like little episodes just by title that I wanted to check out. And I think I got introduced to your show by my upstairs neighbor who is a fine artist. Um, he does like these amazing, beautiful charcoal drawings. And he gave me a t-shirt of the show. And he's just like, here's a t-shirt, listen to the show, you'll like it. And I was like, okay, I trust you. And and I did. And uh, I, I've been listening ever since. It's um, It's been really, really fun to listen to you guys, both from the sense of watching your lives change and like you just got married and, and all kinds yeah. of fun stuff and congratulations on that. And um, the book and developing and just also because your shows are hilarious and really informative and weird and it's right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, man. But first things first, I want to start by asking, like, what is your Marvel origin story? How did you first get into Marvel? Was it comics or cartoons? Or did somebody give you a T-shirt and say, check out the X-Men? <laughs> well, I've been uh, reading comics since I was about five years old. And I believe, I think this was a Marvel-released book. It was a an adaptation of a cartoon series called Dino Riders. Wow. <laughs> it was very strange stuff, like really weird type of stuff uh, where, yeah, it was about people who put these gigantic mechanical apparati on dinosaurs and they rode around on the dinosaurs and they fought other people and it was a lot of fun. Uh, Dino Riders, I think I like I close my eyes and I think of a painted poster that they released yep. for Dino. You know exactly <laughs> the one I'm talking about, right? As kids, yeah. that was like, wow, this looks cool. It didn't ever quite live up to the glory of that. Yeah. And, and as far as like really getting into uh, Marvel Comics proper, like, you know, I was born in 1983. So I came of age in the speculator market. Like I came I came of age in the 90s, like reading all the Jim Lee stuff, you know, the Jim Lee X-Men, you know, the stuff like Clive Barker's Pinhead, you know, like the, the Pinhead series that was put out on Epic. Like, I remember I found uh, that in one of my local comic book stores, I think in like Abilene, Texas, one of the seven comic book stores that popped up in the 90s, uh, back when comic book stores were everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and just reading it and thinking how strange and terrifying it was uh, and how confusing it was. How sure. enormously confusing it was. Uh, but, you know, and then, of course, from the X-Men, you know, I moved on uh, to Spider-Man. Well, the thing is, I grew up in a very, very small town uh, in Texas. So it took me a while to, like, get to a town that was big enough to have, like, a comic book store or seven. But when I finally went to college at Texas Tech University, I started going to this comic book store called Starbucks and Comics. It was, like, 2001. So this is right around the time that, like, J. Michael Straczynski's Spider-Man was starting. Uh, and that's one of my favorite Spider-Man runs ever. Like, I think Straczynski really captured what Peter Parker and Spider-Man is all about while also doing something new with the character. You know, the whole, like, animalistic, totemistic type stuff that you was doing where it kind of dipped its toe into magic but that was when also when all the ultimate books started coming out and that's when i really became like a big marvel guy like all like ultimate spider-man ultimate x-men but like the the one that that the one marvel run uh that i really loved was grant morrison's new x-men like because i'm 
I'm a <laughs> I'm a gigantic Grant Morrison fan. Like Grant Morrison's my favorite. Uh, I'm a huge fan of just about everything he does. You know, he's not perfect, of course, uh, but his run on New X Men is something wondrous to behold. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You know, you talk about Warren Ellis, you talk about Ultimate stuff. So there's Bendis, and you talk about like Miller, and and then and Morrison. It's like. For me, and maybe for you as well, like those guys in, in like baseball terms, those guys have some of the highest batting averages you, you could possibly imagine. They're like, yeah, they're not perfect, but they are just they're they're swinging big and yeah. they're often hitting <laughs> home runs. I loved how he made the X Men biological. Mm-hmm. Like no one had really done that before. Like no one had really done that before. Like gone kind of gross with it. You know, where like we are talking about the evolution of a new species. This is a biological function and there's going to be biological problems with everything here. Because, uh, I mean, really the X-Men, like at the end of the day, the X-Men always has been and always will be a soap opera. Like it is the, it's a soap opera. It is, I mean, you could probably say that about a lot of superhero comics but the x-men really leans into it hard uh it's you know the closest thing to like professional wrestling you know you've got all these different storylines going on at once you've got all these different characters going on at once but grant morrison was really able to marry the science fiction that made x-men so great with the soap opera nature of it you know introducing a love triangle between Cyclops, Jean Grey, and Emma Frost, you know, and making, but also making that a science fiction storyline. Uh, like that's, I, I think the he nailed the X-Men in a way that hasn't really been done uh, until Hickman's new run on X-Men, you know, Powers of X, House of X. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I love, I love it. It's so good. <laughs> and it, it, it seems like it would be like thinking about the way you talk about Grant's X-Men definitely feels like that's in your wheelhouse. Like Hickman has those high concepts, big, big changes, big theories, big ways to look to the future and, and, and look to the past. It's really neat. Grant Morrison kind of hinted at it where it's like, you know, it, that's the X-Men somewhat starting to accept we are the future you know, they can't stop it. They know, we know they can't stop it. Like that's when he introduces like the extinction gene, you know, that humanity has an extinction gene and they will go extinct. And Hickman's X-Men is the next logical step after that, where it is truly like, we're going to not even, we're not going to necessarily take control of this world, but we're going to take control of our world. And you're going to have to deal with that. I worked in comic book stores like through I worked in my local comic book store, Starbucks and Comics in uh, in college, which is still Starbucks and Comics, Lubbock, Texas. Go check it out. It's the best comic book store around. I love it. It's, it's so great. I still keep in touch with all the guys. But a lot of people hated Grant Morrison's new X-Men in the yeah. comic book store. A lot of people like the dudes who had been reading X-Men for years and years and years, you know, through X-Babies, through Onslaught, through everything, no matter what. Like when Grant Morrison came in and said, okay, I'm going to do something totally new with this. I'm going to do something really strange. They hated it. They hated that someone was screwing around with their soap opera. They hated that, that you know, their stories were getting all jumbled up and it wasn't what they knew. It's like that moment from Wayne's World where Garth is like, we fear change. And he's like freaking out. <laughs> so you, you get back into these X-Men comics recently, House of X, Powers of Ten. Have you read the Dawn of X books, sort of like the the ones that flowered out of it? So there's, of course, X-Men, but there's X-Force mm-hmm. and Excalibur and Marauders yeah. and so many great books. I, I, I love X-Force. 
Um, yeah, I, I was going to say Ma- X-Force seems like a book that, that you would dig. It's yeah. just the weird <laughs> stuff that Benjamin and, and Josh and the crew are doing there is wild. Yeah, all the Domino stuff is really wild. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I uh, Marauders uh, is really cool too. Like I, I'm really like because that one's just a fun. It's a fun romp, you know. It's just it's a fun adventure comic, you know, which is you know exactly what they're going for. But yeah, the the ones the three that I've continued on is uh, yeah X Men proper X Factor and uh, Marauders, uh, and actually the uh, very first talk show that I ever did like that was pre-podcast this is on fm radio on college radio was a comic book talk show uh with uh my friends uh jason road and you know uh colin morse and also todd gray and jp ackerman we added a whole bunch of guys later but at the beginning you know it was just the three of us and it's funny to look back on it now because we were doing that show in 2003 you know like five six seven years before podcasts really got to be a thing but it was it had the podcast vibe it was three guys talking about comic books for an hour, you know, hoping that people dug what we were saying. And that's the the comment that we usually got from listeners was that we, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> it does, <laughs> I have no idea what you're saying, but you guys are fun to hang out with. You guys are very passionate, you know, and that's how we always, you know, that's how we always were is just always passionate about comic books yeah. and the things that we loved, you know, and it, I kind of took that into last podcast on the left. Always sure. be passionate, always care about what you're talking about. And that was, that was the best advice for radio that I ever got is that if you don't care what you're talking about, why should anyone else? But yeah, it's like 2001 and then I ended up working at that comic book store for, you know, a couple of years, uh, which got me a very nice employee discount. Yes. And most of my paycheck went back <laughs> into the comic book store, like after rent and, you know, everything else, like, you know, extra money went right back into the comic book store. Uh, and so I know that era really well. And even what I didn't buy, I still read. Uh, and then in 2006, I moved to New York City uh, and didn't have money for comic books anymore. <laughs> like, I was not paying Lubbock, Texas rent anymore. You no. know, like, like there was, you know, it, it was a different, a different life began. Uh, and so I was pretty much like I, I had, a, I was able to ship up like a big chunk of my trade collection to New York City, like little by little when I'd go home. Uh, so I just read the comics that I had bought in those years for like a decade until last podcast started picking up a little bit, you know, cause during all that time, like I worked as a dishwasher, I worked as a bartender, you know, I, I worked as a janitor for a while, not expendable income jobs. But then as last podcast is sort of taken off, like I can get back into floppies again. Like I can get back into monthlies. Uh, and it's been so awesome. It's been so cool. <laughs> like, like the new X, you know, the, the new X-Men books, uh, Immortal Hulk is insanely good. Yeah. That, <laughs> like, and that so feels like a last good. podcast. Like that's a stamp of approval that yes. I, I could see that working really well for your audience too. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you, yeah, it's a, it's a horror book. It's Hulk as horror, uh, which, you know, people have touched on it. You know, I always thought that, um, Oh man, what is the name of it? Is the, the maestro storyline, Hulk mm-hmm. in the future, like future Hulk, and perfect. Yeah. Future and perfect. That's what it is. Yeah. That story's terrifying. Like that, I remember reading that when I was a kid, and it scared that. Like that made me scared of the Hulk. Well, get know, ready. We're Hulk. doing a um, the story that leads into how he became the Maestro. We're starting to release no. that this summer. Peter David is writing it. Uh, it's sort of the lead into how he becomes the Maestro. That's so cool. <laughs> All right. 
That's great. All right. Cool. That uh, wonderful. That 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 makes me feel good. But that yeah, what what they're doing with the uh the immortal I what is it? What is the name? Who is writing that right now? Uh, uh Al who is the, Al Ewan. Yeah, the the team behind that is the the writer, the artist, the two of them together. The art is so terrifying. Yeah, anyone who's a, a horror fan, especially anyone who's horror and comic book fan, the Immortal Hulk is insanely good. And I think what what's really great about Immortal Hulk, and I've talked about it on this show and other shows before, is how it utilizes the medium of comic books so well to tell a story. You know, there's something to the art of the page turn where you're reading and you get to the bottom right corner, you know, whether it's a panel or the part of the splash, whatever it is, something. And then there's that anticipation and you flip and they they utilize that page turn so well to evoke those moments of horror and and terror and like just weird and gore and all kinds of stuff. And even in that first issue, I like if there's any last podcast fans who come in to check this out and want to give that book a try, you can tweet me at Agent M. I will get you a copy of this book to check out. Wow. That first issue has two double page spreads in a row. That is one of the most effective storytelling techniques I've seen us put together. And, you know, huge credit to Al and to artist Joe Bennett, who has been in the comics industry for like th- almost 30 years and is at the top of his game by yeah. far it's something special it's fan it's it's wonderfully done what were you what did you go to school for when you were going to, to college i went for uh creative i did a major in creative writing and a minor in mass communications and radio uh so i somehow managed to form you know a, a career in which i actually used both my major and my minor <laughs> yeah uh, well <laughs> done is, yeah, thank you it was uh not on purpose it was a total <laughs> total luck but they say what luck is when preparation meets opportunity there you go um, but yeah yeah that's 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 what i studied uh in college and you know I, and i use both of those of course radio for radio and then every week you know for the last podcast i write you know between a 10 and 20 page script uh and i've done that every week for years upon years upon years now it's uh great to use everything but it is a uh, you can get tiring after a while. <laughs> sure. Well, how did you, how did Last Podcast on the Left begin? You know, you have this experience and you have two co-hosts on that show. How did it all start to form together? Well, it was an organic experience. Like it was an organic flow because me and Ben have been working together for a couple of years by that point. We just kind of met in the scene. Uh, we've been working for, oh, well, maybe a year on another show called The Roundtable of Gentlemen that has since, you know, has since ended. But we ended up doing that for many years. But we started doing that and then we like, okay, well, we work really well together. We're good friends. We get along great. Let's do a politics show together because when me and Ben would hang out, we talk about politics all the time. And this is back in 2009, 2010. So there weren't a whole lot of podcasts out at that point. There was a fair amount, like, but nowhere, like now I think there's over a million podcasts. Uh, some, yeah, somewhere, somewhere around a million. But back then it was in the tens of thousands. So it was just me and Ben were just sort of like, all right, let's just start throwing stuff against the wall, see what sticks. Let's take the stuff that we like talking about to each other you know we've got enough of a rapport where let's try doing podcasts so we did Abe Lincoln's Top Hat after that which was a you know a political podcast that Ben still does and then you know we 
said like let's do a podcast on horror movies because that was one of the things that we would do is that we would just he would come over to my place or I would go over to his and we just watch horror movies joke through them have a great time so like let's do, do a podcast talking about horror movies we did two episodes the first two episodes just me and Ben talking about horror movies and then Henry uh, who was in a sketch group called Murder Fist with uh, Ben's roommate. You know, he was also a guy that we hung out with all the time. When we hung out, when Henry was there, we would talk about not just horror movies, but we talk about serial killers. We talk about aliens and ghosts and, you know, and also comic books. Like, talk about, like, they'd listen to me jabber on about the Invisibles, about Grant <laughs> Morrison, you know? Uh, and then so Henry was like, well, why don't, I come on the last podcast and we'll do, you know, and you guys can do an episode on serial killers because that's Henry's area of expertise. Like, all right, great. So we did it. And at the end of the show, Henry was like, I'm on the show now. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he saw, like, he, he saw back then, like, what what this show really could be, what, what it could grow into. Because it, it we got just got to be, ourselves on that show and so we throughout the years you know just kept doing weird stuff we kept doing like some true crime stuff some serial killer stuff but mostly like a lot of weird stuff uh and just trying to just kind of throwing against the wall to see what stuck uh and then as the show grew over the years because we're i think episode 412 now on last podcast proper with side stories i think we put out somewhere over 500 you add the stream to that and it's nearing 600 like there's we've done a lot of recording together and that's in addition to doing like two or 300 live shows together over the years the show just organically grew into what it is today like it just organically grew from like them telling me like hey we're going to be talking about you know uh, project serpo on friday i'm like cool all right so i'll Google some about Project Serpo right beforehand. See what I can find that the guys can make jokes about, and then I'll just throw it at them. And then they can make jokes because that's all it was. It was just about. It was all about making jokes. And then as the years went on and as the show progressed, uh, it turned into a lot more of like, okay, well, we got to make jokes, but the really funny bits with serial killers are the details. Like it's all in the details. All the funny stuff. All the, the things that they could make fun of, the red meat, like it's in the details, but the details don't make any sense unless you tell the whole story. And it took a lot of work to get to that point because there were like the reason why we waited until episode 400 to do JFK was because we weren't ready to do JFK until episode 400. Like about once a year, like me and Henry would check in and be like, hey, you ready to do, to do JFK yet? Like, nope, not yet. <laughs> no, like, like not, not ready yet. Just do not, yeah, we're not, so it really took, and then finally when episode 400 was coming, I was like, hey, man, are you ready to do JFK? He's like, yep, let's do it. I'm like, good, me too, I'm ready. But, you know, to do JFK, we had to do, you know, Oklahoma City. To do Oklahoma City, we had to do Columbine. To do Columbine, we had to do uh, Waco. You know, like we had to do all these other events like leading up to that and like figuring out along the way how to navigate those stories, how to tell those stories, uh, and how to uh, be funny with those stories. Yeah, what what appeals to me about the show is that it, at its base, it is what you're talking about. It's a storytelling podcast. 
that's what I think of first. And I, I like the narrative that you thread through the whole episode and the jokes punctuate that really well. You know, that the guys have great timing. You, you set them up. You all have great rapport together. If you if you had a This Week in Marvel listener who is finding out about the show for the first time here, do you have any episodes or topics that you would suggest to them to check out first? The series that I always suggest, like if you're really looking for a character like a character because you know if, if people read comics they're obviously into characters you know and obviously into like one one central character driving a narrative uh and if you really want to hear a good example of that like it's also this also happens to be my favorite series that we've ever done and the one that i'm most proud of that we've done is our series on jonestown where you can see this character of jim jones like this one man that drives this bus of death from the time he's five years old until he dies in Guyana amidst, you know, a mass killing. Uh, it is uh, a harrowing tale. Uh, it's a harrowing story with a lot of twists and turns. If you're looking more for something a little bit more on the Grant morrison side, I suppose, like any of our Alien episodes, most of the Alien episodes are... Yeah, pretty intense with like high strangeness. Um, actually, if I were to, to choose one, if you're looking for something a little more Grant Morrissey, a little more comic booky, our our series on Men in Black, uh, like the like the Men in Black, the the mythological Men in Black, or are they, or are they real, <laughs> or are they actually out there, and they're really interdimensional beings that are possibly poking their way into this world, and that's the reason why it seems so otherworldly and strange. It's like a visit. To, it's like what we said on the one of our more recent series that like Men in Black. It's kind of like going into the the Black Lodge on Twin Peaks. You know, it's very surreal, very dreamlike. You know, they don't they seem human, but are they? We don't know. <laughs> we have no idea. And especially like if you're into Mortal Hulk, yeah, but I would say Men in Black has that feeling of high strangeness that makes uh, Immortal Hulk so good and so unpredictable. Doing all this research, reading all these things, getting deep into all these different stories, whether they are about, you know, serial killers or cults or aliens or what have you. How does that affect you? You know, like when you started this, you, you said it was about horror movies and you were yeah. probably a horror fan as a kid. You read comics, you read story. You had to obviously have a, a big imagination, but then you start getting into like the weird, the twisted, the sometimes very upsetting things. How does that affect you as a person? Uh, I've always been into this stuff. Like I've been into this stuff since I was a kid. So I guess I kind of steal to it somewhat, you know? Uh, also my, uh, my family, um, my parents have very dark senses of humor. My parents, like, you know, throughout the years, they they kind of taught me by examples, like one of the reasons, one of the ways you get through hard times and one of the ways you get through awful things is we had a lot of hard times throughout the years. Like one of the ways you get through it is to laugh at it. Laugh at the darkness, laughing into the, you know, laughing into the, into the abyss. Like that was something that I sort of learned uh, from my parents growing up. As far as reading the stuff goes and having it like really affect me, I uh, I flush my brain, you know. Like I don't. I try. I try really hard to not go from writing to bed, you know. Like I I have a uh, I have buffers, you know. Comic books is a huge buffer for me, gigantic buffer. Like reading superhero comics really helps to flush things out and to get me into a different mindset. Uh, fantasy novels, huge. I love. Huge fan of fantasy novels uh, and uh, Star Trek. We are our our, house, our household. We are a gigantic 
we're big Trekkies here in this house. Like my wife requests, she walked down the aisle to the Deep Space Nine theme. Uh, but the uh, the Corks Bar 3 a.m. version, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the the slow piano vert, like that's what she walked down the aisle to uh, at our wedding. Uh, so Star Trek is uh, a, a really big part of like us flushing our brains of all this stuff. I guess a, a hope, a hope for something better. It's got the same feelings like superhero comics, where like superhero comics have that same sort of like soothing. They have a very soothing quality to them uh and i've always i've turned to superhero i mean that's the thing i've turned to superhero comics for that you know soothing balm since i was a kid throughout the hardest times in my life like comic books have always been there you're never yeah. going to run out of great comic books to read hopefully not <laughs> uh all right before we let you go there's two more things i want to make sure we check in on because you, you guys just released a book last book on yeah. the left which yes. is awesome yeah thank you very much no we with with the book like we we wanted to give it like um, a mad magazine feel like we wanted to have illustrations in there. We wanted to have uh, cartoons in there. Like we wanted it. We wanted to make it like just evil mad magazine because uh, all of us are huge mad magazine fans always have been. Uh, so uh, for the art, like we looked at a lot of different comic book artists because we wanted a comic book person. We wanted a comic book artist to really help us out with this and to like bring all of Henry's ideas for illustrations to life. And we ended up with uh, Tom Neely, who's uh, best known for the comic book uh, Henry and Glenn Forever. Which, which about, I love. I love. so good. But Tom, like we just, when we started talking to Tom about uh, the book and our ideas for it, like he just got it immediately. He just immediately got it. He can draw in any style you want him to draw in. Like when we had ideas like, you know, John Wayne Gacy running through his town on his last day of freedom, but make it look like one of those like Sunday family circus comics where Jeffrey is running all around town. Like make it do that, you know, and and he just came back every like make make Dennis Rader the lead singer of a screamo band, you know, <laughs> like every idea that we had, he just came back with, you know, the perfect thing so that the illustrations in it like like I'm, I'm very proud of, of my writing and you know very proud of you know the stories that we were able to tell in there but you know for comic book fans like Tom Neely's illustrations are just so good he yeah, nails it, it. it it's a gorgeous book when I was going through it and reading it the thing that I was so delighted by was it felt like you guys yeah thank it, you well done well done on that Thank you so much, man. No, it, it's yeah. We want we wanted it to feel like uh, an adaptation of of the podcast, like the feeling of the podcast itself. You know, rather than just throw out some sort of you know merch grab. You know, just some like cash. I mean, we spent two and a half years on that book. I'm pretty proud of it. And um, you also have another podcast you you recently launched. What is No Dogs in Space about? Well, this is a, a show that, uh, yeah, me and my wife started together. It's in the vein of uh, Last Podcast on the Left, where it's like it's heavily researched, uh, except, you know, my wife is taking the, the brunt of, you know, she's taking the brunt of the research on this one. Uh, and we're essentially telling with this first season the history of punk rock music through 10 bands. We're starting with the Stooges. I ain't going to tell you where we're going to end up. Uh, but we're, you know, telling kind of just the story of it. Like, this is our story of punk rock. But yeah, we're having a great time. Like, we we get to play the music uh, on the show, talk about, you know, the stories of these bands. It's truly like a passion project for us. Well, if any of our listeners aren't checking those out, uh, checking out uh, Last Podcast or No Dogs, where can they find them? Where can they find you uh, on social media? 
Uh, last podcast on the left.com uh, is, you know, that has everything you want to know about last podcast on the left. We're uh, on Spotify. You can find uh, last podcast on the left on Spotify. Just type it into the search. Uh, no dogs in space. If you want to hear that, uh, we're available wherever podcasts are available. Uh, and I'm at Marcus Parks on everything. And we also like last podcast on the left also uh, is a part of the last podcast network. And we've got a show on the last podcast network that listeners would probably enjoy. It's called The Wizard and the Bruiser. Uh, it's these guys, Hold McNeely and uh, Jake Young, that where they, it's kind of the same thing of like, you know, last podcast where they do deep dives on uh, certain subjects in, you know, nerd culture. Like they've done like deep, like they did like a three part series on Legend of Zelda. They did a series on the Fallout games. Uh, they also, you know, they, they've done one Next Generation. They do one, they, they've done so many different things uh throughout the years they've got a big back catalog so if you're into that deep dive stuff and the informative stuff and they're also funny as hell uh and good dudes uh marcus thanks so much for being on the show really appreciate it man dude thank you so much for having me man this is a lot of fun thank you for letting me talk about comics for an hour i never i never get to anymore so this is, <laughs> this is super cool easy peasy Big thanks again to Marcus Parks. Of course, again, you can hear Last Podcast on the left on Spotify, and you can check out their new book and all that other stuff. Uh, and if you check it out, let them know that we sent you. What fun. I really do enjoy that podcast so much because they kind of dive into the weird crap in the world in a very fun way. I've laughed out loud many times listening to that show. I like to listen to it and clean and then laugh to myself, and then my husband goes, what are you laughing about? Because <laughs> I just look like a crazy lady with my earbuds in. <laughs> oh, that's pretty normal. <laughs> um, Lorraine, do we have a question of the week? Yeah, well, I was thinking in the spirit of Stark Week and unrelated to do with anything in the ocean at all, what is your favorite Iron Man armor? The armor that goes undersea, the one with the big bubble head. You like the bubble one? I mean, I think the Hulkbuster is a classic. I also like the Silver Centurion with the, like, shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. The um, color scheme for Silver Centurion always got me as a kid. I was like, that looks so cool. Yeah. But you should tweet us your answers using the hashtag This Week in Marvel. You can email them to twimpodcast at marvel.com. Or you could send us a message on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash This Week in Marvel. There's so many armors. This guy, you know what? Somebody should tell him. You have too many armors. Give give some to me. Um, that I would not advise anyone to give you an armor because no? you are a jokester and a troublemaker. And it'll be fun for you, but havoc for the world. <laughs> well said, Lorraine. You are the moral compass of this show. Uh, all right, let's get to some community. First up is Tony at T. Bizzlesworth, who says, Lorraine, my favorite horror is obviously Immortal Hulk. However, back in March, Ryan recommended Submariner The Depths, and I loved it. The men on the sub lived in fear of intruding on Namor's world. Uh, Tony, I'm glad you, you, you love that book, man, that one <gasps> rules. I suddenly have this scene from Jaws in my head where it's like the banana boat and the people are swimming and then it's like, dunna, dunna. And then 
Namor just is pulling people under the water. Yeah. Grabbing you by yeah. the ankles. Oh, man, when you feel like something brush your ankle in a Oof. living body of water, there is nothing more terrifying. I live in the city. I don't know what to do with living water. <laughs> All right. We've got John Swindle here at the Swindler 90. The Marvel's Avengers beta was awesome. A lot of fun. Can't wait for the full version. Definitely got the Palm Springs Hulk after Agent M mentioned him on This Week in Marvel. Bam. Yeah. What a bunch of sassy boys. Some great outfits. I can't wait to style and profile with all my characters when the full game comes out. Uh, it's going to be a hoot. And... This is the ghost of Lorraine Sink because I died. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if, if if I could get up, I would do a little styling and profiling dance. But oh, no. My, my recording situation is precarious. Uh, yeah, I, I can't wait for that. Playing with um, Timmy D, uh, our, our friend and coworker, he showed me how he maxed out his character. And so, like, I skyrocketed my power levels uh, with my Hulk and my Iron Man pretty hardcore. Even found some secrets in the beta Ooh. that was really cool. Like, there's... a there's one place where you can go and you find this little thing on the ground and you press it and you go into a bunker, you get some cool stuff oh. and that then unlocks something on the war table that w- after you finish the mission, then you can go to Russia for a mission that you wouldn't even find normally. It's really cool. They're, they pack this thing so much. I honestly need a little help with like the Hulk section. <laughs> <laughs> I Something I learned early on in this beta is that I have to pay attention because what I normally do during video games is when it's like buffering over to the next thing or it's taking you somewhere else I I like check my phone or like chat with my husband or like pet my dog and then it tells you the vital instructions nope. and then I'm like oh my god I missed the whole point of this mission and I have to restart and go back so that I know what I'm doing and how yeah. because the game teaches you how to play it so we're, we're going to talk on the side yeah. Because yeah, we'll, I, I'll, we'll I'll actually sure. play the beta this weekend also. Yeah, we'll Sherpa you through some some places and, and build you up. Thank you. Yes. Uh, but that's it for us this week. This episode of This Week in Marvel was produced by Percy of Berlin, Zachary Goldberg, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our audio development manager is Brad Barton. Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. And special thanks to Stark Week, the week where we recognize the man behind the mask, Tony Stark. But... If you're a true Tony enthusiast, it's no stark contrast to every week. Look at that. <laughs> I am everybody's dad. <laughs> and I am every woman. <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. And this is Marvel. Your universe. <laughs>